the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Disciples Pathway Ministries. Welcome to Disciples Pathway Ministries, a mobile ministry with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Disciples Pathway Ministry is a mobile ministry advancing the kingdom of God so that no one is left behind when Jesus Christ, our King of Kings, returns for his great church. Good afternoon, good afternoon, happy Sunday to you all, family. This is Minister Dion, and I'm just so glad to be back in your presence, you in my presence, and we in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, My mother cannot be in today, but as always, she's praying for you all. She sends you all her love. Every uh, every everything that she's wanted to do is for you guys and for the edifying of the body. So we pray that you all are praying for our family as well and her. However, I do have my brother, Minister Tevin, in studio instead of her. So today is going to be an awesome, beautiful, glorious day because when we have my brother come in, he's always bringing a fresh word to us. And Tevin, I just got to let you come in and talk to the family and to just build them up and let them know what the Holy Spirit has laid on your heart to do. Well, first of all, I want to you know say you know good afternoon to you know, to the family. I know I've been MIA for a minute, but um. You know, like you said, you know, God laid something on my spirit, and um, I, I just want to share with our listeners. Okay, okay, and what is what is that? I, I know you talked to me a little bit on yesterday, but let the family in on what's going on. Well, what um, what he laid on my spirit, you know, earlier this week, as a matter of fact, was um, just walking in, you know, the confidence and the strength and the assurance, you know, of his power and in his, you know, in his grace and in his mercy. And I feel like the definition of confidence and also the definition of faith work hand in hand and they're tied into one. He confidence is faith and faith is confidence. And we know that, you know, the definition of faith is the, uh, you know, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I feel like those two, you know, play a part and, you know, in our walk and our faith, you know, in, you know, with the Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, there's been a couple of episodes where we've talked about these subject matters, you know, faith and confidence. And you cannot really get too far away from these. There's never a dull moment or a non-opportunity not to talk about the faith. But like you just said, you know, bringing up, you know, Hebrews 11 and 1, and that faith is a substance of things hoped for and and evidence of things unseen. But when we look into that actual word faith, you know, it is in in its Semitic term, in its in its origin, in its root term, it means the assurance of existing foundation or the confidence that the thing that is placed under you is real. Right, right. And I like over in Hebrews, and the thing the thing about before I touch on that, God wants us to you know feel like we're able to approach him. He don't want us to be timid. He don't want us to be fearful. He's here for us. His ears are always open and his hands are always open and attentive for us to come to him in, in full confidence and assurance to, to, to let him know that, you know, because he wants us to know that, you know, he's going to do what he, you know, what we ask of him to do as long as we're doing it in faith and in confidence and assurance that it's going to come to pass and it's going to manifest. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it'll be a, 
it's, it's it'll be an awesome thing just to just freely, lightheartedly come to God. Yeah, you know, but in the in the initial approach of God, you know, even the even the Israelites had this problem. They they said, you know, hey Moses, we we want to talk to God. You know, you you go up there and you talk to him, you bring his word back down, but we want to speak to him for ourselves. And they went to that mountain, and God came down by fire. And right. they they were shaking and afraid in themselves, and they told Moses, "Okay, never mind. Uh, we're gonna let you go ahead and be our liaison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and let you be our third party in this situation because we can't even stand in the presence of God." And so, coming into the presence of God fearlessly and boldly and confidently, I want to let the family know that that is a repetitious approach. It's not going to happen on the first time. It may not happen on the tenth time. But over time, when you begin to continue to come before him and come before him and come before him, you begin to become more comfortable in coming to him or comfortable coming forth to him. And then that fear will begin to subside. But initially, when you come forth to God, you have to have that faith because there is going to be an accompany of fear if you truly fear God. But fear only creates opportunity for faith. That's right. That's right. And also there's gifts and rewards that comes with, you know, your confidence in your in your faith. And like over here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to preserve it. So when you're done doing my will, you will receive the things that I have promised you. So there's perks and in, in different rewards and things that he will give to you if you come to him confidently and, and, and believe in that it's going to come to pass. Amen. Amen. This seems as if it's an elementary principle, family, because it is. And it seems simple. But in the battle of ourselves and the battle of our minds and the battle of our hearts, it's not that easy if we're being honest. And so I'm going to go a little bit, couple verses up ahead of where you just read, Tevin, and bring the family in. And Father God, bless us in the reading of your word. May our ears be open. May our eyes be attentive. May our hearts be receptive of that which you have for us today. Family, I read. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 31 through 39. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But recall the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourself in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, as my brother read, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Oh, it's so much in there. It is so much in there. You know, as I I was reading, you know, he talked about the, the joy of losing all you have and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. You know, Tim, you just brought up the rewards. 
and the things that we have in heavenly places, but we cannot receive those heavenly gifts in the earthly space. We have to make room. We have to willfully be able to give over all that we have. You remember the rich, the, the young rich man that approached Jesus and said, Lord, what, what do I need? What, what do I need to be saved? How, how do I become saved? He said, forsake all that you have and come follow me. And he walked away very discouraged because he was a man of many riches and many possessions and he couldn't let it go to grab hold unto his Lord. You know, so it's about being able to allow those things that we cleave to these these earthly possessions. And it doesn't even have to be a a tangible possession like a car or a house, but maybe an old relationship, maybe an addiction, maybe the need to control everything. You know, some of those things that we have to let go so that God can let himself in and fill us with the heavenly rewards. That's right. That's why he tells us, you know, take up your bed and follow me. And if you're not willing to forsake these earthly relationships and the things of this world and, the, you, know, the, you know, these different distractions and everything like that, you're not worthy of me. You're not worthy of me. Now, the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. This means that if you do not continue to move forward in the things of God, you will move backwards. I best heard a relationship compared, uh, especially a marriage best compared to a, a golf course. You know, you go look at a golf course is well manicured, well taken care of. Mm-hmm. But if those groundskeepers leave that golf course for a year and come back, that golf course is going to return back to its natural state of wilderness. And we know that wilderness in the Bible is a representation of confusion as to why the children wandered about in the wilderness. God is no stranger in working in the wilderness. He can take dry places and make them run water. He can he can take what's empty and fill it. He de- he can cause rivers to come through desert places god works in the wilderness place but it it has we have to come to that place of him to rely on him and to trust in on him and even though we are fearful even though we are reluctant it opens up and says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the lord that's right and you know he he wants to be our refuge he 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 wants to be our defense and our rock you know he he tells us you know over in you know, he tells us over and I say, fear not or be nor, be nor dismay, for I am the Lord. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will never leave nor forsake you. So, you know, we don't like I said earlier, we don't have to you know ever be fearful to come to him. I mean, of course, you know, us and our humanness, we have feelings and emotions. So sometimes we get a little, you know, fearful about things, especially, you know, when it comes to the things of God. But he wants us to know that we can boldly come to him in full confidence. In full confidence, you have need of confidence to go and do anything and go and be anywhere. You have to have confidence. You have to have confidence in getting up today and getting out on the road. We had to take 59 to get here. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So this is traffic flowing 60, 80 miles an hour, but you have to have confidence in your ability to navigate the roads in order to get to your next destination. But we're talking about confidence in the Lord. We could talk about confidence even in the realm of sport. Uh, A player at full confidence, you can be a subpar skilled player, but if you have great confidence, this will make you be as elite as those who are well and 
endowed in their craft, a confidence in the realm of education. If you know that you prepare weeks before and time and, 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 and nights before for this, the, the day of this test, you enter into that tested place confidently because we have need to enter into these trials because in this world we're going to have tribulations. But we need to be able to let God prepare us in the way of entering into these trials that we may enter in confidently. The realm of the craftsmanship and skill, again, repetition. It takes six to ten years to master any skill. So the repetition and coming back and, re- and returning back to that thing and letting God build that thing up in you, the confidence that is in the Lord. Okay, so the confidence we need in order to stand in the places that God has for us to stand. And I want to just even dig a little bit deeper into this word confidence It's two words. All right. We got the prefix con. The word con means with. Then we got fidence. All right. That word fidence is a root to the word fidelity. All right. The word fidelity means how accurately a copy reproduces its source. Let it sink in. How accurately a copy reproduces its source. The first thing that God told us when Adam and Eve came, the first thing that God told Noah and his family when a world was reborn, the, the very thing that Jesus tells us to be in him as the, the, the that he's divine and we're the branches is to be fruitful and multiply to be the ability to reproduce how accurately can a copy reproduce its source? That's right. It's all about our ability and what he first commanded and told of us. Have a fidelity with me. I need you to have a harmony with me. I need you to be able to walk and lock step with me. Even though it is a fearful thing to, to fall, you must fall. All right. This is not a bad fall. Uh, the, the fall. The fall that we're talking about here is almost like our autumn season of fall. It's a representation of death. The act of laying down. Okay? The act of laying down into the hands of the living God. All right? We looked at that word lay down uh, on on last week's episode. That word means that word means tithe-me. All right? If you break the word tithe-me down, it means the tithe of me, the first of me. The, the ability to lay down. It, we, we also said in a divine revelation that in order for something to live, something has to die. In order for you to have a life in God, this life has to die. We have to be able to tithe men. We have to be able to lay down ourselves and come into this perfect harmony, be able to walk. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. That cross was, they say about, what, 300 pounds? You know what I'm saying? He took that cross down the Via Della Rosa up to Galgotha and hung on it. As uh, theologians would say, it's about six hours. All right, so it was not a pretty process of laying down and giving a tithe of me. But if you will do so, because it's a fearful thing. I'm t- Jesus, he said, Lord, if there be any way, any other way, please let this cup pass from before me. But he had to do it. That was the only way, because in order for something to live, something of its equal value has to die. God valued us as himself and that he sent his only begotten son, the first son of a harvest. And if we would be able to reproduce the copy accurately. Oh, how how so in harmony do we become in God? That's right. That's right. And he says, uh, there is no fear and love and perfect love casts out 
casts out fear so they know that their love and his power casts out that fear. Amen. And we have to continue to pick up that cross daily. It's a repetition of dying yeah. daily. As you just read, brother, love hung on a cross. Yes. Love hung on a cross. Yeah, you know, for somebody to know, get out, you know, to endure what he did on that cross, you know, it's got to be out of love. It has to be out of love. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a couple of tips here, family, in order to come into that fidelity. You know, we was just talking uh, to our producer, Mr. Mike, about the four qualities of sound. All right. And we got four qualities. The first quality is pitch. OK, this is, of course, how high or how low you know, whether we're talking about the bass, whether we're talking about the, you know, the, the, the highs of the high pitch, you know, something about coming and prostrating ourselves before God coming down low. You know what I'm saying? A prostration mean a prostration means how low can I lay myself on the ground? Uh, uh, some, some would pray in, in these times with literally their face to the dust, their body sprawled out on the ground. You know, just to the lowest point. But then at that lowest point, let out a hallelujah, which is the highest form of praise. You know, hallelujah, which means to make one's outward boast in the Lord, that outward boast being confident in God. Then we have duration. That's the second quality of sound. This has to do with endurance. Therefore, do not. Throw away your confidence, which has great reward, like you just read, Tevin. For we have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. We have need of endurance. This Latin word endurance means to be hardened. We got we walk around hard in ourselves. We walk around, oh, I got it. You know, it's I came up, that's all me. No, I'll take care of it, I'll control it, I'll put it here, I'll put it there, I'll take it up, I'll bring it down. But God says, I I need you to be softened so I can harden you so we can come into the hands of the potter and get on that clay wheel. And after we've been proven and God has made us into a vessel, a vessel of his use, he can now place us in his kingdom and now place us in his house for that vessel to be used of his hands and his goodwill. Allow God to endure you. Allow him to come in and make you it may make you hard so that he can make you usable. And then that third quality of sound, intensity. Paul told Timothy, stir up, stir up the gift of God, which is in you. That word stir up means to make yourself emotionally rambunctious. Sometimes we got to encourage ourselves. Sometimes we can't wait for the music to play. Sometimes we can't wait for the hands to clap. Sometimes we can't wait for the situation. We have to stir up ourselves. The gifts of God that are inside of us to the praising of his name, to the glorifying of his name, to the working in his name, to the speaking in his name, to the calling of life unto his name. We got to stir these things up. And then fourthly, the timbre. (laughs) <laughs> we had trouble with that word, but the timbre, this means the characteristic quality of sound produced by a particular instrument or voice, tone, color, simply meaning characteristic tone of expression. So the psalmist says, you bow down your ear to me. You've known my voice. How many of you know that God knows your voice? In a world full of some billion people, God can distinguishly hear your voice. 
Why do you think that if you call upon the name of Jesus, you shall be saved? Because the Lord knows your voice. If he's numbered the hairs on your head, if he knew you while you were in the matrix of your mother's womb, if he had a plan for you before the foundations of the world were set in place, how much more has he known your voice? How much more will he come and perform his word? He can't help but to come at his name. T, I can call you from a, I can call you from across the room. I can call you from the rooftop of the house. And I know if I call out for my brother, you coming. You coming. So if you being my earthly brother fall into sin will come at my voice. How much more? Will my heavenly father come and, and, and when I call upon his name? That's right. That's right. So family, pitch, duration, endurance, timbre. These are the qualities of sound. You got to begin to open up. Jesus is only going to come to a place where he has a need. You know, I, I, I remember it was you and me, T. Um, we were at the old water park by our house and, you know, my mom used to drop us off there and we were, we were in a, in a pool, you know, and, and kids were playing around us and it was this little girl. She came and kind of drifted off into the deep end and, you know, I, I, I was looking at her. I was not that far from her because I wouldn't I wouldn't about to go all the way out there. But mm-hmm. I, I was <laughs> but I was looking at her and she was holding her nose going down underwater. And then she would come back up. She'll pant for pant for some more air and then she'll go back down underwater holding her nose and closing her eyes. And then she'll come back up and that process would be repeated and she struggled, I say, for maybe about two or three minutes. And thank God there was a lifeguard who came in and offered her that flotation device and pulled her to safety. But God had brought that that picture back to my heart after all this time because he wanted to show me that people perish like this all the time. That was the first time that I recalled that you can drown in silence. Oh, my. You can drown in in silence she obviously had self-preservation on her mind because she would hold her nose and close her eyes and she would wait for the opportunity when she became buoyant to reach back up for air and then repeat that same process but what if she just called out for help that two or three minute struggle would have been over in an instant she would have been delivered and redeemed from the treacherous waters in an instant if she called out for help. If she made her voice known to her father who knows her voice. Oh, goodness. And so many of us today are holding our nose and closing our eyes and waiting for the buoyancy to take us back up and reach for a little bit of air, reach for a little bit of air. I'm just trying to survive. I'm financing. Right back down. Addictions. Right back down. My marriage. Right back down. But what if you just come up and call out, help, help. He's right there. He's right there. 
And family, we're going to give you an opportunity right now to stop fighting. Stop trying to merely survive. Receive of your salvation. Receive of your deliverance. Don't go down in silence. If you're ready to come in, family, repeat this prayer after me. Lord, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you hung, bled, and died in my place. You, the Son of God, then rose and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord Jesus, you are welcomed in this place of my heart. May your spirit never depart. Receive me as I receive you this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Family, if you just utter those words, welcome in. In the day that you hear of my voice, harden not your heart, he says. For I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am your God. Family, we love you. And until next time, one voice, I speak life. Thanks for listening to Disciples Pathway Ministries with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Thanks for your prayers and for your gifts to his great work of God. For booking and requests for services, look up Disciples Pathway Ministries on Facebook. That's Disciples Pathway Ministries on Facebook. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.